This podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Luca Foschini. Luca is the co-founder and chief data scientist at Evidation Health. Luca, welcome to the show. Hi, JP. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. So, Luca, let's start with a background of yourself. Can you give us a brief overview of your journey in technology, where you got started, some of the roles you held along the way, taking us up to where you're at today as the, as the co-founder and, and chief data officer of Evidation Health? Sure. I started in tech very early on. You might say I started as early as high school when I participated in a competition called the International Olympiads in Informatics. That was back in Italy. I ended up representing my country in really writing computer programs to solve math riddles. It's similar to the ACM collegiate competitions that you know are really widespread in the United States. I had an academic background that straddled engineering and theoretical computer science. Specifically, I did my master and bachelor's in, in uh, computer security. And then for my PhD, I veered completely out of the world of application into proving things about time-dependence networks. Along the way, even during the PhD, I was employed as a software engineer for ask.com, which was a search engine competitor with Google back in the day. That was early 2010. And then along the way, I did do some stints of visiting research in several places, including the CERN in Geneva and Google itself. So I was really you know, attuned to this idea of using computing to, to crunch massive sizes of, of, of data since this early on and then all the way through my PhD. At the end of my PhD, I got the chance to reconnect back to Alessio, which, plot twist, I had met at the Olympiads in Informatics more than 10 years earlier in Italy, and we went through separate paths. We got our PhDs in different schools, but we reconnected in the United States, and that was 2012 when we started Avidation. And I've been there since uh, then, and my title is, is Chief Data Scientist of the company. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for the background, and I'm sure it leads nicely into your role now. But before you talk to us about your responsibilities and your team, tell us about Evidation Health. Who is Evidation as a business? What, what is the mission of the organization? And then give us some insight into the role that data science plays in achieving that mission. Yeah, so Evidation's mission is very, very broad, and it is that of enabling and empowering everyone to participate in better health outcomes. What it means uh, from a data lens is really to harness all data that we are generating outside the clinic walls to inform the health that we usually deal with only inside the clinic walls. So if we were to look at slides, one of our favorite one is really this one that shows a timeline and on the top of it, the data that is collected at point of care through your doctor or when you interact with a principal investigator in a research study 
And that's sporadic. That is happening uh, every once in a while. It usually happens when things are already bad. You already have symptoms. Uh, and so, again, it's a sporadic and biased representation of your health. And at the bottom of it, we show this submerged iceberg of all the data that we generate passively every day just by interacting with technology. Our phone is a window on our cognition, for example. Like we type on it, we make spelling mistakes on it, we speak through it to our friends. And so here's our language potentially change over time. And it could be used to understand biomarkers of cognition. That's one of the studies we actually have powered in collaboration with Apple and Eli Lilly. And then there's all this world of wearable devices that was just getting started in uh, the early 20s. 2010s and now is really thriving and this sensors that you know the Fitbit and the Apple Watch of alike now are becoming running software that is, is qualified as medical device so it really has an additional level of rigor in the way it can tell us something about our health so the idea of evidation is to from a data perspective is to harness this data that we collectively call PGHD, person-generated health data, that's not only sensors and phone, it's also like the voice of the patient, responses to questionnaires is, is an example, and use that to improve health outcomes. And it's really important to us that you do so having the right patient consent and preserving the patient privacy. And in order to do, we have built a platform that we call, that's called Achievement. It's used by more than 4 millions of Americans. It's an app, you can download it on the App Store or Android Play Store, and you can connect any sort of uh, sensors and app that can tell you something about your health out there from the Fitbits to the medical devices. And you get rewards for doing health activities like going for a walk. And this really is where we started Evidation with this idea that, hey, there's so much fragmentation out there in this PGHD, this person-generated health data. Can we all put it together on a single dashboard? And then from there, we went on, okay, but how do we activate people to actually take ownership of their health? And the first step in that direction was to offer the opportunity to the participants uh, of Achievement, the members of Achievement, to participate in research studies. And that's the main business of Evidation today, is really that of powering research studies that have to do with PGSD, with person-generated health data. Luca, that sounds fascinating. Can you give us some examples of, of the use cases and the types of projects that you're currently working on that would help demonstrate this in practical use? Absolutely. So as I was saying earlier, you can think of your smartphone as, as a sensor and specifically as a window in your cognition. So one of the examples I was mentioning before is this research study that we've done in collaboration with Apple and Eli Lilly, a biopharma company, in which we have looked at data generated from phone, Apple Watch, iPads, and in-bed sensors, in the specific case, a sensor called Bedit, and uh, try, trying to understand whether data generated from it can tell us something about cognitive impairment. This was a clinical study. It had 31 participants with mild or severe cognitive impairment, 82 healthy controls, and we really collected you know, a lot of data, six terabytes of this extremist data across many different channels, across this four devices I mentioned, and try uh, to understand whether there are uh, different patterns that can highlight you know, different 
recognition level. And uh, what came out was, for example, uh, different patterns in typing and typing speed, uh, different patterns of usage of helper apps, and a different way of using the phone for communicating with others. And uh, it's really important to understand that this is early research that's showing that there, there is there an opportunity to build early detectors of a condition that, for the most part, Today, we don't have uh, a lot of way of fighting, unfortunately, and uh, this data needs to be real safeguarded to be used in the best interest of the participant. Like, imagine how terrible it would be if these biomarkers of cognition that I described are you know, used by your employer to you know, discriminate against you. It's really fundamental to us and part of the mission of the company that the participant is in control of their own data. The individual is participant when they're part of a study, patient when they're being treated, but in general, individuals. Other examples include, we've been powering a study in collaboration with Johnson & Apple on understanding the impact of using an Apple Watch for detecting atrial fibrillation and an app on the phone to teach you about cardiovascular disease and, and uh, make you take preventative actions and really understanding whether this combo can help improve your outcomes, your heart outcomes as stroke and other cardiovascular disease uh, five years down the road. This is a study with 150,000 senior and people in the United States. So like huge from even a logistics standpoint. We've been working with the government of Singapore to power their digital health program. Again, thousands and thousands of people trying to improve their health with an app that's similar to Achievement. And then also we partner with BARDA and NIH to understand whether signals and patterns from even commercial wearable devices like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, especially when it comes to heart rate monitor, can tell us something about an ongoing infection. So you know that our body responds to infection by activating the immune system. Some of this activation can be seen in the response of your heart rate at rest. So the idea there is that can we build a detector or even a forecaster of the fact that you're going to that you have been infected even before developing symptoms. So this is these are the kind of doors that PGHD person-generated health data can open in the world of research. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. What you're talking about involves a lot of complex uh, data capturing, data cleaning, and just overall data science and uh, problems to solve. Can you give us some insight into the current makeup of your data team, where you know the various skill sets and expertise required, the types of projects you're working on, and what it's like to be part of that group? Absolutely. Early on, as I started at Aviation, my title was uh, Chief Data Scientist and still is. And I was leading an actual data science team, as you can see in, in tech industry. So people that are doing some level of data curation and trying to solve business-related problems. But usually these problems are of the business itself. It's a way to better engage user, or it's a way to increase some sort of metrics on how the product is going. With the work that we're doing at Evidation, most of the times we are powering research for clients that have very high standards of rigor. And that sometimes includes all the way 
submission to to FDA of you know, real world evidence and evidence packages. So the level of rigor that you need in doing that kind of data science is much higher than anything I had been exposed to in, in the tech world. So my team has really grown to complement those more like computational skills that you find in uh, people with data science background with more biostats expertise, epidemiology expertise, all the way to research design, which is really the core of how you start a research project and analytics research in the clinical world always starts from an idea. What do you want to study? What is your hypothesis? Why are you collecting this data and not this other data? Put together what's called an SAP, a statistical analysis plan. That is something that in tech we don't do a lot. But that's something that I had to learn and incorporate in our standard operation operating procedures. And then, so the team grew to be much more than data science. In fact, my team name right now is REAL, which is the acronym of Research, Analytics, and Learning, because we're doing much more than what is understood as traditional data science. And really one of the things that we've achieved in the team, maybe feels a little bit aspirational, but I'd love to think that we are headed in that direction, is a merging of you know the two cultures of data modeling. If you, if you look at 2001 paper of Leo Breiman, inventor of random forests, he really talks about how there exists like the way people in stats look at the world and the way people coming from computer science look at the world. Like one does small data, the other one does big data. One does less complex data, the other one more complex data. One looks at p-value, the other one not so much. And it was really hard to thread the needle between these two cultures, but I think that we have achieved that the people that more computational background has picked up the more biostats and stats chops and vice versa in the team at this point. And you talked about it there, that the team bringing in different skill sets in order to make this work. You've also been with Evidation for almost 10 years now. Can you give us some insight? The growth that's happened across the business, but then on, on top of the data team and, and where you're at currently. Sure. Evidation has raised a lot of capitals, a few hundred sixty millions, around two hundred six million totals over five rounds, which is called Series E a few months ago. And that has corresponded to a big growth on the headcount and the business objectives side as well. So on the business objective side, we think we want to go beyond research as offering to our members, but in general, as something that we do at the company, we believe that research is a great activator of awareness of health, but it's not the end of it, right? If you suffer from migraines and I offer you to join a study on migraine, that's great. You'll learn more about yourself, but once the study ends, you're probably not happy with the fact that there's no treatment or there's no way of improving your condition that is being proposed to you. So we're really looking at ways of providing virtual care as the next step of the business. And uh, that translates into building from the data science side more, or the analytics side in general, more uh, way of integrating with healthcare partners that are more like providers that, that so far we haven't really integrated that much. And, but also means using the learnings that we have developed in the research world to, to you know, to have a big head start uh, in the virtual care world. For example, understanding that it's really important if you are in health that you publish your work, 
peer-reviewed publication is the coin of credibility in health. It is not so much in uh, tech. In tech is a way of, of attracting talent than, than anything else, but in health is necessary. And other learnings that we have accrued along the way and we really believe they're gonna make our future easier is the importance of data quality. Like this is something that a lot of people speak about and starting to get some relevance in tech as well. You need to build a data quality team in a health company to start with, just to pass the audits with your clients. And data curation and data quality is at the core of our business. It has been so due to the research work that we've done, and now it's going to be a fantastic foundation to work and to go beyond research into virtual care. Absolutely, absolutely. With that continued growth and investment, there's going to be opportunities for people who are interested in this space to, to join Evidation. So on that point, and a final question from me, as you look ahead for the rest of 2021 into 2022 and beyond, what are you most excited about for the future of Evidation? And what sort of opportunities are there going to be for people who are passionate about this field? I'm the most excited about the fact that we are increasing our focus in providing providing really opportunity to our achievement members to go beyond research and towards virtual care. I can't wait to be able to, to tell someone uh, that their Fitbit data is showing that their heart rate is, is improving and they are recovering from an injury that they had told me they had just as well as everybody else in their age and gender bucket. I can't wait to be able to ask someone if their migraine are improving by logging them or having some smart logging that doesn't ask you every day to answer the same questions about your migraine, but it's strategic and only ask the information it knows that cannot be already inferred uh, through the PGSD, the person-generated health data that you produce. I'm really excited about the fact that these things can be done with direct participant consent, which again is a foundation of, of what we do. You, we have the ability to engage directly with individuals. So we have the ability really to go back and re-specify data use for data points that we have already collected. And if you have that ability, why wouldn't you do that? And I'm really excited from a methods perspective to understand how federated learning and differential privacy methodologies might allow us to do the kind of analytics I described without having to even collect the data out of the participant devices. And in this direction, we have partnered with uh, UCSB, University of California, Santa Barbara, Center for Responsible Machine Learning. And you know, we're really trying to understand what is possible there. What is, what are the kind of analytics questions that you can ask with a full, complete protection of the privacy of the individual to the point that the data doesn't even have to leave the device. Thank you so much, Luca, for your time. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us today about your own background, about evitation and and giving us some insight into the, the cross-section of modern technology impact in total patient healthcare. We wish you and your team all the best in the future. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you, JP. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oldest Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. 
Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.